0: This is the Honest CEO Show, hosted by the Honest CEO, Caroline Kennedy. Get ready to be informed, inspired and motivated by the honest stories from passionate, extraordinary business people who share their ups and downs and their learnings on the journey to building success in business. My guest today is Tim Reid, who is the founder and host of Australia and New Zealand's number one business and marketing podcast. The Small Business Big Marketing Show, which can also be found on all Virgin Australia domestic and international flights. Having launched his hit program seven years ago with well over 300 episodes under his belt, it regularly ranks on iTunes, above Australian Stock Exchange, Alan Jones, Tim Ferriss and even outranks Harvard Business School, as the number one business marketing podcast. Tim has built a global audience of motivated business owners in 110 countries and is also the author of The Boomerang Effect, a popular marketing text. Prior to this, he was the marketing manager for Flight Centre, and spent 10 years working in Australia's largest advertising agency looking after the advertising needs of Gillette, AXA, Yellow Pages and Deluxe. Tim was also instrumental in helping AFL legend Jim Steins raise $1 million for his youth charity Reach. Tim travels the world having spoken at 63 conferences in eight countries in the past 12 months, showing business owners and marketers how to embrace modern marketing methods, gaining success and increasing profits without spending a fortune. He believes there's never been a better time to market anything ever. Tim, congratulations on everything that you've achieved to date. (laughs)
1: Wow, I feel it's like my 21st or something. Thank you, Caroline.
0: Now, like me, you've got a strong background in the corporate and private sector, and about (laughs) 10 years ago, you decided to jump ship and become a corporate escapee, as the the so-called word is. What was the catalyst for that decision? Well,
1: it's easy to reflect back on. I think at the time, um, I was just a little bit over working, you know, in the cubicle, to tell you the truth. I had a, it was very good to me, you know, like I was, I spent 22 years in corporate and um, learned a lot of great stuff, you know. Help me support a growing family and all that type of stuff, but there were some unmet needs there, and one of them was um, just the ability to be my own boss, really, and call the shots. Um, the, the immature part of me just wanted to wear jeans and a t-shirt to work as well, and stop wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> and uh, so I think that that was that was a bit of a, a part of it. But um, I just there was a moment in time when see I was in mark I've always been in marketing, Caroline, yeah. and one of the things was that. When I did meet a small business owner, and I consider small business owners to be my people, um, and have a chat to them about their marketing, they were very appreciative. They took action, and they often called you and said, "Hey, that worked," or "You know, what else can I do? What can I do next?" And I love that. Whereas you didn't get that kind of feedback in corporate. It was just, you know, go, 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 and let's meet about this, and what's the, what's the next thing after we've got that, and. Um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to see how I can turn this marketing thing uh, into something where I can help small business owners. And that's what I've done. Yeah.
0: And that's really about also having that impact, isn't it? I mean, you can have an impact in corporate, but when you are able to help a small business owner and then they can see the results from that, it's more rewarding, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and they need it more, you know? Like, they, we, you know, I'm one of them now and they need it more. They need the. The help, because marketing is a bit of a dark art, you know, and I like to shine a bright light on that dark art for them.
0: Yeah. And I love how you said you wanted to wear um, jeans and (laughs) T-shirts. At least you're not sitting around in your pyjamas like a lot of... Hey, you don't know that. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Now, your show is Australia and New Zealand's number one business and marketing podcast, the small business, Mm. big marketing show. Congratulations. Now, tell us where that all began.
1: So, when I did leave corporate, my what i did start was a marketing consultancy business like the world needed another marketing consultant and i thought well how am i going to set myself apart from all the others and i started a podcast and initially it came about because i was lucky enough to i had a mate who at the time was working and still is working uh, at a popular radio station in melbourne and he's working with hamish and andy who i'm sure we all know yeah. and i was lucky enough to use their studio after they'd finish of an after six o'clock and after of an afternoon. And so I didn't, I thought I'm not going to pass up that opportunity. So I'll start my own podcast and see where it goes. And one thing led to another and it just became really popular uh, over time. Not, not immediately, but, um, It just led, one thing led to another and it sort of took over, actually ended up closing the marketing consultancy and focusing on podcasting and and public speaking at at conferences. And um, it's been a great journey since then.
0: Mm. And what are your tips for anyone that's interested in starting a podcast?
1: A start, (laughs) number one. I mean, like everything, like like anyone asks me a a marketing question about where do I start? Start, like just do something, recognize that, hey, okay, so podcasting, that looks interesting, good. Go and explore podcasting, become a listener, embrace what is an amazing medium. Now, I can't believe that we can have, you and I, anyone, any other podcaster, we can have our own show. I think that is incredible in itself. That wasn't possible 10 years ago. So go to the Apple iTunes store, go to the search box, key in a topic of interest with the word podcast after it, and there'll be someone somewhere in the world producing a show about that topic have a listen to it have a listen to some other podcasts that are ranking really well and get a sense of what they're doing and then at that point you've got an appreciation for the medium yeah and then if you go okay well I think this is a marketing medium I could use to promote my personal brand or business brand then good go and um, understand how you could do that and it's not hard like again like all marketing Caroline it's what you say not where you say it that's mission critical. So, if you are going to get a podcast, figure out what that's going to be about. I'll talk a lot about this concept um, in my book of the editorial mission. And you've got to get clear on your editorial mission. So, if you're going to start a podcast, um, ask yourself three questions What have I got to offer? To who? And what outcome can they expect? All right. So, the editorial mission for my show, which is called the Small Business Big Marketing Show, is marketing tips and tricks. For small service-based businesses to generate more inquiry, and in me knowing that, that allows me to then decide what my show's about, who I interview, what mark, what marketing opinions I share, what listener questions I answer, and it really keeps you on track to create a show that is meaningful to your people.
0: That's that's very good advice, and certainly when I started mine, as we were talking about earlier, that 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 was the key for me. What do I want to achieve from this? And it was very much about, you know, successful businesses out there that have been there and done it, sharing their insights and tips so that people can actually um, hear about those journeys, but actually get some insights in what, in, in regards to what they can do within their businesses too.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've created a personal brand. So tell us about why you decided to build a personal brand and the benefits that you've seen from it.
1: So do you, are you referring to the fact that I have got timreed.com.au as a, as a website that's just about me?
0: Yeah, and also um, Tim Reed is a brand, you know, as a speaker, as an yeah, author. Right. Uh, you know, you are the catalyst or you're driving that brand. Yeah. It's about you.
1: Sort of came about – so what happened is start the podcast – the podcast lives on a website, smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, and that's where all that information about the show lives and all the files and all that stuff. And then sort of like, actually actually what happened specifically was that about four years into my podcasting career, I got a phone call one day and uh, this lady said, look, you don't know me, but I've got a client who, wants to speak to you and I like okay I was picking my kids up at the bus stop at the time I was like oh this is all a bit hectic I'll call you back so I called her back now this lady turned out to be uh from a speaker's bureau I didn't even know what a speaker's bureau was um she had a client an insurance company that um was looking for a speaker to do a road show I didn't know what a road show was around Australia for their insurance clients uh, who were all small business owners so, long story short, I flew up to Sydney. I'm a Melbourne guy. I flew up to Sydney and met with this insurance company. Uh, they booked me for this eight-city roadshow, um, at which point I, I'm not a, I wasn't a professional speaker back then. Um, the roadshow went really well. The, the speaking bureau were surprised because I was sort of untested, unproven guy, you know, in the speaking world. And so they signed me up as an exclusive speaker. So all of a sudden... This is a direct line from podcasting, nothing else, no media training, no public speaking training, no nothing. Here I am getting booked to speak at conferences. So I I was almost forced to then go and create timreed.com.au where I could put all that information that wasn't necessarily that important to small business owners, but was important to people who were booking conferences, who wanted speakers around marketing to come in and share a bit of marketing love. So that website was created and you know needed a show reel needed bios needed topics needed all that stuff that you need when people are looking to book you and then so that's the website part of it and then just overall then the, your personal brand all I can say is that you know when you commit to something and you know, like I have with podcasting other amazing things happen and for me it was building a personal brand my shows now available on virgin airlines domestically and internationally out of australia yeah. and that sort of adds to your your brand build your personal brand building and i talk a lot about this in a book that i wrote called the boomerang effect and that boomerang effect is just when you put effort into your marketing so much so that it returns multiples well beyond getting more clients but i never expected to speaking at 60 conferences a year, I never expected to have a show on Virgin Airlines. You know, these are just things that I never expected you to, someone to say, hey, you know, you've grown a personal brand. These are just things that have happened by committing to a a particular direction.
0: Yeah. And I think the word, you know, that sums it up is it's it's happened organically for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It it hasn't been something that you've just focused on. It's just um, resulted from opportunities. And as you say, on doing something that you love with your podcast and then opportunities have come your way.
1: And I wonder what would have happened, Caroline, if I had focused on it, if like, I'm not a very planned guy. I'm quite an, I always say I'm an emotional marketer. Um, I don't have a, you know, 20 page business plan. I don't have any of that. And, you know, um, only today, um, you know, I have been approached by uh, a radio station out of Sydney to do some work for them. I didn't reach out to them. I didn't, again, it's just happened organically. And I just wonder what would have happened if I'd actually actively gone, okay, this week I'm going to target Channel 9. Next week, I'm going to target international conference booking agents, you know, (laughs) and really gone hard on that. But I'm a one-man show, and I haven't had to do that. Maybe if I wanted to put on five people and build an empire, maybe I would have need to have been more kind of strategic about it.
0: But Maybe it just works because you haven't made the effort, and it is organic as well, so it's quite natural, yep. you know, the progression yep. of it all. Possibly. Now, one of our listeners who you know, Sarah Bartholomew, I was having a chat with her the other day, and I'd mentioned that we were um, going to have a discussion today, and she said, Can you ask a question for me? And it was quite a good one. It's related to public speaking. So she wanted to know how you secured the Telstra Business Award gig that you had, you know, where you mm-hmm. you travelled around, yeah. and you were a presenter and you were the MC at each of them. I was. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good
1: question, Sarah. That's what I, I said. Met Sarah at uh, <laughs> I think she was she at the South Australian Awards. Is that that would be right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that is um, correct. So great question because i didn't expect to get that job i mean that's the biggest job i've had all year so i emceed the telstra business awards around australia eight cities plus the national awards in sydney big audience big stage and i was really honored to do it and how i got that was again i can draw a direct a straight line from my podcast to getting that inquiry once i got that inquiry it was really interesting because i was up against people with media Um, profile, TV profile, which I don't have. And I didn't think I had a real shot at it. I thought I was kind of, you know, one of the, we'll throw him in the mix for a bit of a laugh, you know, type (laughs) stuff. So I um, thought, okay, what, what do I need to do to, to, um, and that came through um, one of the bureaus, the speaking bureaus that I'm registered with. Um, I, one day I was sitting there thinking, okay, could I get this? Maybe I could get this. Um, So I said to my son, Jack, uh, I said, come on, mate, we're going to go down to the local high street and you're going to video me. So we took my iPhone. There's learnings here like iPhone, amazing marketing tool, or smartphone. Yeah. don't need any fancy video cameras. Nope. I sat in a, outside in a cafe um, with shops in the background, Jack on the iPhone, um, and I did a one, maybe a two-minute video to the Telstra people who I hadn't met. So it's just like, g'day, Telstra, it's Tim Reid here. Um, and for a minute or two, I just said, "Hey, listen, I'm really honoured to have been considered as a potential MC for your upcoming awards. Um, I love small business; they're my people. I, 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 you know, that audience is right in my sweet spot. I'd love to be the MC." Gave them a couple more reasons and said, "See you later." Now I had traffic in the background. I had a crow across the road on a on a <laughs> telegraph pole going. Rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> and i you know it was a very down and dirty video caroline and it got me the job
0: yeah yeah and so, I, you know and i think that comes back to you know the the organic thing again and just being authentic and being the authentic you that you are
1: yeah yeah well as I say to my kids, you know, if you don't lie, you don't you don't need to remember what you said. So uh, it's just about being. I find it very hard, you know. And I see this with a lot of small business marketers. When it comes time to market their business, whether it be speaking at a networking event or writing some brochure copy, they find this weird formal voice <laughs> where they try and elocute every word to within an inch of its life, and and it's just and they they don't be themselves. And it's just weird, and it feels uncomfortable for them, and they wonder why it doesn't work, and they wonder why they stop and all that type of stuff. You know, for me, a a real role model for me has been Jamie Oliver. Um, I just think that guy has built such an incredible brand, personal brand, and I've never met the guy, but I'm pretty sure that what you see is what you get, Um, and I think we can learn a lot from that.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with you. Jamie Oliver is very natural. I've never met him either, but, you know, just everywhere you see him, he's just being himself and he, he's yep. unapologetic for for what he does or what he says and I love that about him and I suppose that's why people do.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's just growing so much into, like we all do, grow into what we create, but now he's becoming very opinionated and really standing up for things and I think it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, and he can have an impact by doing so as well and he mm. is having an impact. Many people, as we're talking about public speaking, have a fear of public speaking and they don't necessarily feel comfortable on stage. And, you know, you're an in-demand speaker, as we talked about before, and I'm sure that you have improved your public speaking or your on-stage presence over the years, as we all do, you know? Mm. And as an introvert, for me, when I first started um, public speaking, it was like, um, it was hell basically, you okay. know, <laughs> and, um, but over the years I've grown to, uh, just really develop that. So tell me, like, and I've gone to coaching for it, um, mm-hmm. because I think that that's really important and anything you want to do or develop, how did you develop and grow as a public speaker? And particularly because I think you're so effective with the humor that you throw in there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Nice pickup. So I did what you did. Uh, There was a point in time where I've gone, uh, okay, this is getting serious now. I'm getting – this is becoming a primary revenue stream for my business. Um, I better get some coaching. So uh, I employed a couple of stand-up comedians, not because I wanted to get belly laughs. I just believe stand-up comedians have the best ability to articulate a message in the shortest amount of time – that may also include a bit of a laugh Mm. or a smile. Um, And it's quite interesting. I was only reflecting on this a couple of days ago in Melbourne on ABC radio. Um, If you look at the presenters on, on ABC radio throughout the day, the majority of them are stand-up comedians. And I think that's really interesting. They're not there to be funny, but they're just very good people persons. They're they're very personable. So I saw coaching and uh, what, came from that was that uh, the very first day I caught up with my coaches, they said, what we'd like you to do is arrange, find a boardroom and we'll come in and you'll present your, your your current keynote. And I thought, okay, well, that's pretty cool. I thought they'd roll up and we'd have a bit of a chin wag, and we'd just, you know, get to know each other, but it was great. They walked in, set up a camera, very formal and mm. sat down and said, okay, off you go. So um without any further ado, I I presented them my keynote. And long story short, what they'd identified was that in my keynote around marketing for small business, there was some good stuff. There were some good facts and some good ideas, but it was delivered in a relatively dry way. And so what we managed to do over the course of the next six months was to chunk. My keynote down effectively make chapters out of it if you like each chapter or chunk there is a point to be made but in order to make that point you need to find a story that gets that point across and within that story it'd be kind of good if you could find a little smile or a laugh and again I'm not suggesting you need to be funny you just need to be emotionally engaging so all of a sudden as a result of that I now have a keynote but it's broken up in my mind and and also my audience's mind uh, mind into chunks or chapters. And I then play with either make a point, tell a story, crack a joke, or I might crack a joke, tell a story, make a point. And I just muck around with which way I do that each time. But that's that's worked an absolute treat. And now when I go to create another chunk, I just need to say, well, what point am I what a point am I making here? What's the story that best gets that across and where's the smile in all of that. And, um, and that's just been a really effective way. And, and, you know, I continue now I've got one particular keynote around this concept of helpful marketing that I, I don't know, I must've delivered hundreds of times. I want to say 500, but I'll say hundreds. And, um, you know, what I find is that I get, more confident with it. And by becoming more confident with it, I can have more fun with it. I can, I can veer away from where I think I'm going and then come back and be more confident in having a conversation with the audience and stopping and having a laugh and getting a show of hands or an opinion. And it becomes really enjoyable.
0: Yeah. And that's because it's natural for you then at that point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, I, I get why people, I mean, I'm everyone's scared of public speaking. What's that great quote about people would rather be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy, but um, <laughs> that's weird. Mm. Um, but the idea of, um, you know, I still get nervous, I still get incredibly nervous as I, as, you know, there's that moment when the MC's reading out your, your introduction and you go, okay, I'm on now. I'm on and you're nervous. And even in the lead up to a, an event, I get a, a sort of build up of adrenaline and nerves, which is great. Um, as long as you kind of direct them in the right way. And, um, you know, my, my thing around that Caroline is that I know I, mindset wise, I know a little bit more than my audience. So that's a good thing. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a humility in that. And the other part is, um, I'm here to make their marketing life a little bit easier and, I want them, I always say to myself, I, I've, I've succeeded if, if my audience want to run out of the room even before I finish speaking and implement an idea that I've shared with them. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I take uh, on stage with myself.
0: Yeah. I think also to the fact that, um, you know, you still get nervous and most people do is um, is a direct result of, of the fact that you care that you actually yeah. care about what you do and you want to have an impact and influence and add value to the audience, which is so critical.
1: Mission critical.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, what's the point?
1: Well, you um, you know, I, I like to go and watch other speakers and I um, always look out for the word I, 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 me, 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 you know, and the minute you start going down that path, there's you've lost – but yeah, while I get lost because it's all about them yeah. and you, again you just focus on on the audience what's in it for them
0: yeah mm. and you also mentioned before uh, about people going out and taking action and implementing what you talked about and i one of the biggest limiting beliefs that i hear from small business owners is that they just don't have enough time And you Mm. were speaking recently at a breakfast that I attended and I know that there was a lady that actually um, said Mm. to you, I don't have enough time. And I must congratulate you on your response to her because you were extremely polite and very empathetic towards her. Mm. And I actually thought to myself I could learn from that because from – I I tend to – the word, not be very tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> and so I learned something that, that day. So thank you, Tim. Pleasure. Um, but I wanted to talk about that limiting belief uh, and the fact that we all have the same 24 hours in a day and it's how you prioritize and manage your time. So, And you, you do a lot. Um, you know, uh, with your podcasting, with your marketing, with your social media, with your public speaking, like there's so much going on for you. So can you share your tips for listeners on how you achieve all that and perhaps, yeah. you know, how they could benefit from that advice?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think one of the things, around, it's all about mindset. Everything starts in the head, right? Because it's how you view something It's going to, it's going to, Surely, and I I haven't studied psychology, but it's got an impact on whether you do something or not. So, with marketing, there is a fear that many small business owners hold around it. Um, There's a resistance, there's a procrastination because they lack knowledge or whatever they they think it's going to cost a fortune, so therefore they don't do it. For for me, um, I want marketing. I want a small business's marketing efforts to be a hobby. You know, I talk about this because When something's a hobby, time disappears because you can't wait to do it again. Um, You're happy to throw a bit of dough at it, and you enjoy it. So you'll find the time. Um, And I've spoken to enough successful small business owners, none of which have used the word hobby, but when they talk about their marketing, they talk about it in a way that it could be – it may as well be a hobby because they really enjoy it. And I think if you get to that point, then everything else – should fall into place so the idea of uh, we don't have enough time to do things is more often sort of a disguise for saying I don't want to do it because I don't like it or I don't understand it or I don't know where to start but um, and I think marketing is one of those classic things where you know it is fun it should be fun yeah uh, I know I'm biased because it's my thing but I reckon marketing's a whole lot more fun than doing your bookkeeping, <laughs> um, right? You know, so it is. So it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so so make it a hobby, and you know, I was I I remember showing empathy to that lady in that audience, and I did feel for it because she did feel like she was really under the pump. But you know, if we were to dig a bit deeper, you know, we could ask the questions around how efficient is she with her time? I mean, is she doing things that she just shouldn't be doing? Is she You know, is she a perfectionist and can't delegate? Um, But, you know, if I want to get a little bit more brutal around that, I I think, you know, don't watch the next season of Game of Thrones. You know, um, Mm -hmm. because that'll be there at some point in time. Reward yourself with that. But right now, allocate those two hours tomorrow night to maybe putting together a plan for starting a podcast or for writing your first five blog posts or for starting um, a Facebook group or um, putting, or, you know, contacting the local chamber of commerce and figuring out what you can, uh, what you can do there. You know, like I I think we can find the time. And I think the last thing around that Caroline is that I don't think things take as long as we think they do. You know, people think, Oh, start a podcast. Well, it's, it doesn't take as long as you think, you know. Or it certainly doesn't in my mind. I think we can over-engineer things.
0: Yes, uh, yes, we can, and we can make them a lot more complex than they need, yeah. they need to be. And starting a podcast, I mean, you just you just got to do it, you know. Just if, do if, it. if if it's something yeah. that you're really passionate about or, or or you like doing, just do it. And, yeah,
1: and yeah. continue and, and to do it. it, I
0: think, is the key as well because you, you hear of so many people that start something and then don't continue with it. And you're not going to have an impact if you don't keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I look, at that there are two – it always sounds a bit flippant to say just start and make sure you keep doing it, but there is some truth. There is real truth around both of those things. And um, I always say to people, like, don't – people want to know how long should they do it for. And I think a lot longer than most people are doing it for, because most people give up again. Well, let's use podcasting as an example or creating a YouTube channel or starting a blogging strategy. I'd say six months to create a piece of content, good quality content once a week for six months. And don't look at how many page views you're getting. Don't look at how many inquiries you're getting off the back of it. Don't ask your staff if hey, does anyone mention the videos we're doing. Don't look at the, any of those scoreboards and just head down bum up for six months and see what comes of that. Because um, this the, the the type of marketing that I talk about, which I, I refer to as helpful marketing, it it doesn't have a quick response time in the sense of you're not going to put a podcast episode up today and have an amazing start something amazing happen tomorrow. You might, but it's unlikely. Um, so you've got to invest time and, and, and make it just part of what you do.
0: Yeah. And I suppose the barriers to entry now, uh, around content creation and modern day wow. marketing are really mm. low. That's right. Yeah. So what are the key areas you believe business owners should focus on with content marketing? If they, if they're time poor, where, where, where would you recommend they start?
1: So, you know, the, the ability to create content is incredible these days. You know, I think um, we just live in an incredible time, whereas the idea of creating content years ago was either just – it was prohibitively expensive, really. But now with the the fact that we've got a smartphone and the internet, I mean, we're, we're away. So that, therefore, means that there's um, way too much content out there, and therefore it'd be easy enough for a small business owner to say, oh, I'm not going to add to that. And I hear that a lot. So my argument to that is, well, the content's not going to go away. Someone in your industry is going to be creating it. It may as well be you. But create helpful content. Yeah. Don't just go and create content. Like, for example, I see blog posts that talk about the fact that we just won an award or we've just put on a new staff member. You know, I don't find that a very – as a buyer, as a consumer, I don't find that very interesting. But what if you created a a series of blog posts that really informed me and helped me make a more informed purchase decision, potentially in your favour? So go and identify all the questions that your prospects have and start to answer them, whether it be on video or a blog or infographics or you start a forum. That's a really good place to start, being the most helpful person in your industry. So I call that just a simple knowledge centre. And put it on your website. But then if you want to go that next step, and that's what you and I, you it's what you've done with this show and what I've done with a small business big marketing show is to then all of a sudden go, Okay, well, what else can I do? How do I go for being educational to entertaining? And I don't mean again necessarily being, you know, funny stand-up ha, but well, I'm glad I mean... you don't because I'm not funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but being conversational
1: and yeah. being emotionally engaging and um so all of a sudden you can take it and start to create some content that is, that is, you know, really interesting and, and people are wanting to share it, you know? Um, so, and again, you, people again have, at this point go, but I'm going to run out of things to say you don't yeah. because just what happens is, um, you know, like I might've said something in this conversation with you and you'd go, you've gone, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, speaking coaches. I might go and interview a speaking coach. So then all of a sudden you've got your next content planned, right? And then yeah. it goes on and on and on. So I think there's a mindset around this of in terms of content creation is that someone needs to be the most helpful in your industry. It may as well be you.
0: Yeah. And that's really good advice uh, because it's not about you. It's about what you can contribute and how you can add value. And if you just switch that around, and it's amazing what opportunities can come from that.
1: And, Absolutely. And it's
0: not even about the opportunities. It's just about wanting to be helpful and add value to people. If they get something out of it, then, you know, you've, you've done something good.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And when you do something good, you know, again, we're, we're in business to make profit and we're in business, you know, we, we market yes. to generate inquiry. But some of the stuff that we've spoken about today, and this is the boomerang effect again in action, is that you'll be amazed at what happens. You know, I, I'm constantly amazed at what's happened with my journey and other business colleagues w- who follow this kind of path of helpful marketing. Um, it just just other things happen because you, you're doing good. You're helping. You're being useful and and other things. Other opportunities will come. Like for me, it was speaking and and you know, being on Virgin and all these things, and it's, it's just amazing what the universe delivers.
0: Yeah, especially when you don't expect anything exactly, in return. Exactly right. <laughs> <Now, laughs> I'm just creating a podcast. Yeah. Now the boomerang effect. That's yeah. your book. You've just published it. So tell yeah. us about that.
1: Well, as I said, it's just that that concept of you know what you put into your marketing, it will return multiples. Um, it's based on the concept of helpful marketing. I go through all the different, well, first of all, I address a lot of the limiting beliefs that people have around marketing and we knock them on the head and talk about the concept of getting your message right first before you worry about where to put it. So I talk a lot about the, the need to create a, how to create a strong brand, how to get your pitch right, how to make sure that, that what you're creating is consistent across all your marketing touch points from your business card to your website to your social media presence to the way you present yourself on stage to the way your slide deck looks all that type of stuff so you're building a beautifully consistent brand and then I talk about getting actually that message out there via all the marketing channels that we've spoken about earlier and being just being pleasantly surprised at what will come from that And one, one thing that I, uh, this helpful marketing concept also delivers is warm leads. So I know there's probably a lot of listeners who don't like the idea of selling cold calling Mm or whatever it may be. And I find that if you pay attention to the way you market yourself, you'll all of a sudden have people approaching you. And I find this all the time. People ring me and say, Hey, listen, you don't know me. But I feel like I know you because I've been listening to your show for a couple of years, and you know, do you mind? Would you consider coaching me, or would you speak at a conference, or would you do that? And that's kind of cool because I, I too, don't like selling. I kind of get a bit, kind of. Well, I feel like I need a shower after I try and sell something. Yeah, you know? I like that too. <laughs> so the book was um, uh, my way of explaining the boomerang effect, giving examples of how helpful marketing will lead to the boomerang effect happening, and. You know, I put off, you know, and and as a as a marketing channel, you know, the book is fantastic. It's a glorified business card. You know, when my competitors handing over their business card, I can hand over a book. I only did it this morning when I got a phone call from a new speakers bureau who wanted to ask who asked if I had some availability in February. And my first thing is, uh, we'll, we'll check dates, and then hey, what's your address? Let me send you a book. And again, that's just a nice positioning statement. And I put it off for a while because I. Sort of carried this story, Caroline. That I um, publish a podcast episode every Tuesday, every week of every year, and um, I thought I don't need a book. I don't need to publish a book, but I'm glad I have because it's it is nice to have something tangible that you can you can gift and and sell. You know, I sell yeah. a lot at conferences as well.
0: Yeah, and it's another medium people consume differently as well. So, yep, you know. Um, the book, I'll link it uh, in the show notes today, so any of your listeners want to grab a copy, which I recommend that they do, and yeah, we'll go from there. So, what are the biggest lessons you've learned in business? Big question, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, big, big question. <laughs> uh, I think you've got to do what you love, uh, and that continues to change for me. So, then, like, I will, you know, I don't get bored with things, but... um. I need to make sure because it's just me that I'm doing stuff that I, I feel um, passionate about. So, you know, for me, I've just taken in, an interest in an outsourcing business in the Philippines. And and for me, that's exciting because I see the impact, the positive impact that's having on so many small business owners who are finding the cost of doing business in Australia prohibitive. So I think you've got to do things that you love. Um, I think you've got to realise you can't do it all. Yeah. um and whether that means putting on a team or there's a, there's a wonderful I spoke to a great lady a few weeks ago on my show who talked about the 3 D's around delegation which is you create a, a list and then you write basically you create a list of everything you do in your business and you either delete it so get rid of it uh, uh delegate it pass it on to someone else or you do it um and I've not been very good at that. I have been a bit of a control freak and I, and I love that. I love, but I love a good system. So it was lovely to hear that sort of 3d approach. Um, what, what else have I learned in business? That was the question. Um, I think you got to get out and I, I'm, I'm going to guess there's probably a few solopreneurs listening to this. Yeah. Sort of yeah. micropreneurs. Yeah. Um, get out, <laughs> get, get out of that dressing gown and go and meet someone. And, um, you know, we can live in such a virtual world these days. I think it's, I think it's really scary and a little bit sad as the father of three teenagers. So, I encourage that sort of face-to-face interaction. And um, one, one last little—it's not so much what I've learned in business, but it is a nice little marketing trick that my speaking mentor, who's not my coach but a, a fellow who, um, who I just look to for for guidance around my speaking business—and it's making seven calls a day, five days a week. And again, I think we forget to kind of do that. You know, we do a bit of a Facebook, you know, we might hit someone up with a Facebook message or an email or something. And I don't think anything beats kind of getting on the blower and reconnecting with an old client or a new referral. I think it's really
0: important. Yeah. And I agree with you. And that's so true. That's something I neglect to do because we do use Social and technology is a way of communicating, and we forget that people buy people. You know, it's it's a people economy. Let's set
1: set your listeners a challenge. Yeah. Hopefully, there's been some practical stuff that they can run away with already from from this chat. But go ahead and make seven calls uh, today or tomorrow, depending on what time you're listening to this, and then report back. You've got show notes, I'm guessing, where people can leave comments, Caroline?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Righto. Let us know what the impact of those seven calls were, good, bad, or indifferent, but I'm pretty sure something will come of it. Someone, one of those calls will say, let's meet. I've been meaning to call you. I'd like to buy 10 of those. Whatever it is, you'll be surprised. So there's a nice little exercise to do.
0: I think that's a great exercise. Thanks for that, Tim. Finally, what does the future look like for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Line on a havoc between two very big palm trees.
0: Oh, sounds um, good.
1: <laughs> Oh, does the future? Well, this new business in the Philippines, which is called Cornerstone Business Solutions, is taking up some time at the moment because I'm doing two, at least two tours a year now over there where I take a handful of small business owners over to see what all the options are for a small business owner in the Philippines. Everything from, you know, employing someone individually to putting on a team to having someone work from home to visiting call centres. And so... Um, I'm excited about about that. That's pretty new for me and um, it was actually my way of – because everything I do, Caroline, I have to show up for, speaking, podcasting, uh, my forum, all those things, whereas um, Cornerstone is a little bit less hands-on. So I'm excited by that. Um, I chatted to them the
0: other day actually. Um, Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. It's a great concept and organisation and what David is doing is Mm. – you know, it's going to be, it's really effective for small business owners to be able to delegate, as you say, and yeah. and that's so important too, um, because you can't do everything. And sometimes you've just got to prioritise and delegate what's not important.
1: Yeah, well, it's an exciting concept and I didn't realise just how needed it was until that this fellow David that you're referencing is he owns Cornerstone with his wife Alison and they're they're a Sydney couple who have moved over there with their two girls. And I had him on my show about 12, 14 months ago and he he shared um, how he turned his business around through outsourcing and subsequently had started this Cornerstone business in order to allow other business owners to access it. And all of a sudden he was absolutely inundated and I really sort of stood up and paid attention to that, not realising just how under the pump, small business owners in Australia are, and just how expensive it is to run a business here, Yeah, and um, I'm not suggesting, and this, sounds, this becomes, we, have, we don't have time for this discussion, but except to say that um, it sounds a little bit un-Australian, what I just said, and it's not about moving the whole of your business offshore, it's just about being smart about what you do offshore and outsource versus what you do here because what it's going to do is free you up from, with time and money to do other things locally that will have a greater impact on growing your business. So, And
0: it doesn't matter whether it's offshoring or outsourcing. The yeah. concepts are the same. It's about so, giving you more time to be able to focus on being strategic or growing your business.
1: That's it. Work yeah. out what your hourly rate is, and if you can employ someone um, – a lot cheaper to do some of those things that you're doing, then it makes economic sense. So i going to do more podcasting. Um, uh, that's about it, really. My I've, second boy, I've got three kids. The second one just finished school, so I've got one left, and I think that's sort of opening up a bit of a – on the horizon, I can see a little bit more travel, uh, just with my beautiful wife and I, just, you know, seeing a bit of the world and doing a bit more uh, – a few more date nights, you know?
0: yeah you lose them when you have kids don't you (laughs) (laughs) you
1: do (laughs) yeah correct what's your name again oh okay yeah that's right love it
0: yeah well it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things happening and particularly with the travel travel you know we work so hard it's important to enjoy life as well
1: exactly totally agree with that
0: thanks tim for your time today i really appreciate it
1: It's been an absolute pleasure, Caroline. Thank you for uh, some wonderful questions and good on you for um, being a fellow podcaster, really.
0: Thank you. And thanks for being an inspiration to start. (laughs) Stop it. Thank you for listening to The Honest CEO Show with Caroline Kennedy. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on iTunes for your weekly dose on all things business. We've also made it easy for you by linking the subscribe to button on the virtual executive website. Caroline shares free business tools and resources there too. And if you're stuck and need some advice, book a free 30-minute session with Caroline or one of her team. Go to www.virtualexecutive.com.au and check it out.